Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key, and friendships are made to last a lifetime. Did you get him? <laughs> you think we got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. <laughs> All right, Skylar, what do we got here? We have a nice-looking rip ball. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Women of the Wild podcast. I am your host, Linda White. I have my co-host, Felicia Marie, with me. And our guest today is Jen O'Hara from Girls with Guns. Hi, Jen. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? Great. How are you doing tonight, Felicia? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Oh, I'm excited to be on. Great. Great. That's wonderful. We're excited to have you. So let's just kind of jump into things. Um, how did you really get a background in the outdoors? What, you know, how did everything start with you? Well, um, really, I grew up on a very small ranch in Northern California. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, California. But um, <laughs> we're about an hour from the Oregon border. And it was a 1500 acre ranch. Um, my dad raised me on, um, you know, hunting was just kind of a part of our lives back then. Um, unfortunately I am in my forties and back then it wasn't as big for the girls to hunt. Um, definitely there are women who are hunting, um, in their youth that are my age, but it just, it wasn't as much my thing. I went along. So I went along with my dad and my brother and I hung out and, um, we harvested deer every year. Um, I would help them field dress them. I would do all of the other things. I just never had actually shot a deer. And, um, big part of my dad, my dad was also did a lot of goose hunting and so fast forward, I would same thing, go on hunts with my ex-husband all the time. And we did a lot of predator control because of, um, his family having a farm as well. So it all made sense to us. My family, I have a big background in trapping with my grandpa, my great grandpa. And, um, then I was single and my best friend and I, um, were starting to just really get into hunting. And her husband is an avid hunter in California. And, you know, I was like, okay, I want to do this. So I went and took my hunter safety and I started with like doing some upland hunting, just like dove hunting. And I'm like, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> this is really cool. And so we started really getting into, um, that. And then the next thing I know, like that fall, um, they took me on for my birthday. He's like, Hey, for your birthday, I'm going to take you out and I'm gonna show you how to deer hunt. So and it wasn't like 
taking me out and pointing me at a deer and saying, shoot this deer. It was, this is how you deer hunt. This is how you glass. This is how you find deer. And so I was really blessed with somebody who was my mentor, um, in my late twenties. And, and I learned a ton and I'm really excited because of the fact that I was able to just go through that process with him. And, um, now my brother-in-law, he's now my brother-in-law and, um, we are still, he's my buddy. He's the person that I call. And I'm like, Hey, guess what? You know, so-and-so killed this deer. Did you see it? And, you know, it's just been a really cool process, but it wasn't really something, like I said, as a kid that I did. Um, but my whole family has always been involved in hunting. Uh, how did you transition from, you know, starting out in the, the outdoors, getting more of a background into girls with guns. Well, my best friend, Narissa was my mentor. Um, as we were hunting, she said that, you know, he would bring home like these t-shirts all the time and they would have like flaming bucks on them and be two sizes too small and, you know, just different things. And she's like, oh, this is really cool. She was, had an embroidery business at the time and she thought I can do this. She was a very creative soul. Um, so she started getting into it and she told me about it and she's like, do you want to partner with me? And I very much have the business mind of, um, our company and I was in real estate at the time and I just said, yeah, yeah, I would love to, but you know, maybe I'll give you like a year. So I invested $2,500 into our company. We signed partnership agreement and we started, um, busting out products. So we'd get off the rack product and we would rhinestone it and we'd embroider it in her garage. And then we would have our friends over and we would like buy like $5 bottles of wine and pizza. And our friends would come over and help us iron on the rhinestones, which would <laughs> fall off. No joke. <laughs> and they would tag our clothes for us. We had a bunch of the tags and we would do everything in, um, the garage. And I mean, it would be like 110 out in the summertime and we'd just be in there. And that's what we did after work. So that went on for a while. Um, but really actually very early on, we got our first big break, which was, um, we were at our very first show in January of 2009. And <clears throat> it was kind of, I'm going to call it an old man show <laughs> because I'm in women company now, but it was right. a gun show. It was over in Reno and we walked in and it was, there was no one like us. There was no other women's brands. There was nothing that was even remotely at the time. We did do a lot of pink because it was like, that was a, that was a big thing back then. And Narissa's like, oh my gosh, I think we've wasted our time. You know, we only have so many weekends and we were really trying to push the business because we work during the week. And, um, so we made $3,000 that weekend and that was huge for us, you know, back then. And not only that, but when we were there, um, this person came in and, um, I was sitting there and he came to me and he was from Shields and he's like, oh my gosh, we need this stuff in our store. And I had no clue what a Shields was, not a clue. And they were very new in Reno at the time. And my brother lived in Reno and he was helping us. Um, and so he came back with Narissa from lunch because he was would help us pack and unpack. And I'm like, hey, this guy came over and he gave me this information for this buyer at Shields. I'm like, what's a Shields? And my brother's like, oh my gosh, it's 
the Disneyland for the outdoor um, shopping. He's like, it's so cool. There's a Ferris wheel, there's fish tanks. And, and so we thought it was really cool. So we were packing up that day. I remember the guy's name was John. And we um, took and we packed in this um, plastic camo bag and we had a handwritten note and we hand wrote it and we drove to Shields and they were closed because it was like a Sunday and it was late. And so I handed it to my brother who lived in Reno and I said, hey, will you deliver this for us? So he delivered it. I plagued out the buyer's life and Mark Eastman to this day, still friends with him. And one day um, Mark finally called me back after about three months. And he's like, all right, let's get some product. Can I get some product next week? And I'm like, next week? I'm like, we we have to make it. <laughs> so, when, you know, we only had so much to invest. So we invested another, um, I think it was about $1,500. And we turned that over into $3,000 check. I said, could I please get my check when I drop off the product? <laughs> and so we drove it. Over. We didn't know how to do anything. Packed it up. And we have a picture of Narissa and I, and my brother took it because he was a big part of it. He met us um, out front and he took a picture of us and it says Nana's blankets. And it was like an old box. That's how we delivered our first product. And he's all, I have to, I have to take a picture because you guys are going to be big one day. And so we still have that picture to this day. And we just went in, we delivered it. We have a picture with Mark with our first check. And um, the rest is kind of history. We just started really growing the company from there. Um, Sportsman's came on about six months later. <clears throat> they taught us what UPCs were. I had no, I was like, what? why do I need UPCs? And they're like, if you want to get in here, you need to figure this out. Became good friends with their buyer, uh, Devin Sweeney, still friends with him to this day. And so it's kind of like been just the right people in our lives over this 15 year period that really blessed us. And, um, it's, it's been a, it's been a really cool journey and, um, everybody kind of becomes family along the way, you know, you make really good friendships and through it, you know, business is business and, you know, you have ups and downs and, um, we've learned a lot. We went from t-shirt company and our garage to now we are a women's outdoor apparel brand. So we do everything from, um, hats and t-shirts still, of course, sweatshirts. And then that's just like a portion of our business. We have a full range wear setup. So, um, we have a full concealed carry. It's our concealed casual line by girls with guns. So concealed casual is all of your gear that you're going to wear when you conceal carry, um, jackets, vests, leggings, and then we have a full line of hunting and now not just one collection, we have, um, three different lines of, we used to have five, but you know, we've kind of pared down what works for us. So we have three lines. Um, so we have a lightweight, a midweight and a heavyweight, and then we have, um, our Highland collection, which is Upland. And, um, then we are partnered with Allen Outdoors and we have a full um, bag line. So um, rifle cases, pistol cases, um, holsters, purses, anything you can think of. And that's in um, all the Walmarts across the U.S. It's actually funny that you said that because um, so I was I was at Walmart looking. I don't remember what I was looking for. And um I'm with my husband and there was something that was girls for guns. And I'm like, I know her. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, they've been in Walmart for a while, baby. And I'm like, yeah, but 
I now like, you know what I mean? You pay attention. It's just like whenever you buy like a red car, you know, you then see red cars everywhere. So it was like, I'm like, I know her. And he's like, you probably looked at that product like 4,200 times. And I was like, yeah, but yeah. now it means something. So well, and well, it's so funny because over the years, um, somebody, you know, like we'll have a young girl who's a fan or somebody will come on one of our team um, hunt trips that we do every year. And they'll be like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I'm seriously as normal as all get out and super dorky and very real. And so that's, that's what I think is a really relatable about our brand is that Narissa and I, um, we came from families with simple upbringings and we are just very real in terms of who we are. Um, we share a lot of our faith. We, um, are authentic in, you know, our hunting. Yeah. yeah we all miss it's real. <laughs> we talk about just kind of life. Um, I share a lot of my mom journey. Now I've become a mom four years ago and, um, almost four years and, um, homesteading and, you know, different things. And I, and I think that's one of my things is just to try to always remain authentic to who we really are. Um, and I think that's important for the brand. I think that you and Narissa are some of the most down to earth, most real women out there, um, and being willing to share who you are, what really happens in the outdoors, the swings and the misses, and just, it's good for people to see that it's not always perfect. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like people, I think it's so hung up on the fact that like, it's about the harvest and for you guys, it's about who you're with, what you're doing, the experience and enjoying every moment of it. And I think that's what makes you guys so relatable. Well, and we, we grew up on TV. So we had our TV show, which was initially Universal Huntress, um, our friend, like they are family now. And I, I say that, but I don't say it lightly because, the, but these people are really my family. Um, Emmanuel Cap, he goes by Cappy. He was from South Africa and he's a producer here in the U S and, um, he's like, found us. I don't even remember how he found us. And he was like, I want to film you guys. And we're like, what? He's like, I'm gonna give you a trip to Africa very first place I went was Rhino land, which we did a giveaway hunt and Felicia got to go on. And I remember like Narissa shot a rock and they still have the rock sitting <laughs> in front of their door, holding their door open and it, Narissa signed it. And, and she was like, I was so nervous with the camera and everything. And it was just like this real moment of TV. And that was one of the things where it was like, we don't need to pretend because People who pretend, you know, I mean, nobody wants to see that. You want to see what's real. So you, you will see me missing. You will see Narissa missing. You will see us having, you know, whatever we've done. It's, it's just pretty real. And of course we don't, we don't do as much of the show anymore. Um, I think I do about five episodes a year. It's as much as I can get out and actually hunt. And now it's on carbon TV. So it's a digital, but, um, you know, my next journey in this is I've learned so much, but I'm still learning continually. I've hunted mm -hmm. in Africa 11 times. Um, and then Argentina, Canada, um, Spain, different places are throughout the U S my exciting thing is to take my kids. That's what I, mm -hmm. I'm so excited for this next journey and to be able to pass it on to them. I am so terrified that they might not like hunting because I have people who always say, well, what if they don't want to hunt? And I'm like, I don't know. They can't not, hunt. <laughs> I mean, they can, but 
So it's, it's just really cool. So I, I'm excited for this next season in my life as this change comes to be able to really teach. Cause I've taught kids for the past 10 years with kids outdoor sports camp, um, how to shoot, taking kids hunting in Africa. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited for my own kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can tell you it's from the, from the trapping industry, we have, we have five children and it's kind of funny because none of them trap. We had oh. our oldest, our oldest daughter, our oldest daughter was like way into it when she was younger. And now like she discovered boys and all that fun stuff. So, you know, um, trapping's not in, into it. And like our, our middle son, um, he's actually in the national guard. So he, he will come with us if he's home or what, you know, whatnot. But other than that, like they have no interest and it's like, this is something that like really consumes us, you know, our entire yeah, no, life. I'm everything is, everything is all about trapping with us. I mean, we hunt and everything, but really, you know, we go to conventions and everything with that. So it, it's a real fear. Like you should have that fear because it's, it's so hard sometimes. Like we've brought them to conventions and they just kind of sit there and we're like, ah, oh, this is, this is horrible. You know, like, yeah. Oh, so it scares so. me because I really want them. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a homesteading lifestyle. You know, we uh, garden year round. We have chickens. We're getting ready to do meat chickens. We harvest our own meat. So all of our deer every year. Um, and then we have horses and I'm like, okay, I don't push too hard. Don't be that mom. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out like that balance because I want and of course, Chloe's only five months old. So, you know, we'll see. But with Olivia, she is very girly and likes princess dresses. And I'm like, oh, okay, we can do this. Mom can do this. And my husband's like, where did she come from? <laughs> so, but everybody says it's just a phase, you know, she, but she'll be out there with the best of them in her princess dress covered in dirt and playing with the chickens. So I think we're doing okay. Yeah. The biggest thing with kiddos is just not forcing it, but you know that with all the instructional stuff you do with kids, um, my wild boys are, are very outdoorsy and, and it's kind of like the jack of all trades lifestyle, but if there's something they don't like, I just don't force it. And I think you'll be surprised of how much she can still be girly, but yet get her hands dirty with the boys. And Well, and I was raised by my dad, so mm -hmm. I was completely tomboy and I only started even wearing like makeup, like in my late twenties, mid twenties. And now you'll only catch me if I'm like filming with my hair done or anything. And, you know, you, but I'm much more girly and I like her to be, I love, I love to see her. She's pretty. And if you want to dress up, go for it. But we are always outside every day. And I think it's so important for us to get our kids and be good role models for them that we don't just sit on our computers. Cause I do a lot. I work a lot, mm -hmm. um, but get them outdoors. And so we try to do that every single day. It's like, even if it's just a walk, because I didn't have time to go do something really cool. We just at least do that. We walk our pony all the time. And now a short word from our sponsors. Well, you see trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north, or in the deep south, and anywhere in between, 
Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. Girls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wilds podcast. If you're looking for hunting gear, be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. With Girls With Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. Hey everyone, Andy from ACC Crappie Sticks. I want to tell you about our full line of vertical jigging and live scoping crappie rods. We have from 10 foot to 13 foot in mid seat to rear seat and available in cork and super grip handles to cover all of your vertical fishing and live scoping needs. Go to acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. Spark that fire and passion for the great outdoors through the gift of reading and learning with your kids. Dr. Josh Farr's vivid storytelling will captivate and teach your little ones through books like The ABCs of Hunting, Let's Go Out and Play, and his latest book, coming soon, The ABCs of the Outdoors. Your kids will love the great stories and bright, colorful pictures as they learn about friendship, life, and nature. See all of Dr. Josh Farr's books at drjoshfarr.com. That's D-R-J-O-S-H-F-A-R-R.com. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. So I've got to ask because um, I live in a very liberal state, New York. So I've got to, I've got to ask, how does, how does somebody have a, a company with the word gun in the name (laughs) and live in California? Like, do you, do you run into a lot of hiccups with, with the company and, and, you know, the, the state with all the laws and the the look on from the liberals and and everything else do you have that problem or or no 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 so where i live in california is considered the state of jefferson so if you guys haven't heard that um from about sacramento up so we are the most sparsely populated parts of california but we're the like one of the largest section we have the most ag So like I live on 18 acres, um, which is small, but I grew up on a 1500 acre ranch and we were like small time farmers. And so you really have, um, cattle, alfalfa, um, most of like all of like olive production, um, almonds and all of those things are, they're right here. And, um, in California, we are huge with agriculture, cattle everywhere. So we raised cattle, we had horses and it's all in this North part of the state. 
Now, if I go into like, say the Bay area and some of those surrounding areas that are very heavily populated, that's going to be a little bit different. Or if I go down into like Orange County, like area down in LA and there, but even there, the outlying areas, I have, I have students who come um, contact me from down in LA because I do a lot of firearms instruction and down in the surrounding areas of the Bay that they want to come up and train because they don't really have that here. And so, um, or where they're at. So it's honestly, there's where I'm at is not, um, it's not as much of an issue. Well, that's actually really good to hear though, you know, um, because being on the East coast, I think, you know, anytime I hear California, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's so good to hear. That's so good to hear. If you came up here and you flew into Sacramento and you drove North, it's not what you think. It's not what you would even suspect. If I showed you like, I mean, all around surrounding. So I live in Tehama County and I mean, it's thousands of acres of ranch and farmers, cattle everywhere around us. So it's a really cool very, um, so we have 13,000 people in our town and I think we have like 20 in our County. Um, but where I grew up in Modoc County is really remote. It's up in the mountains and we have the largest County in California and it's only got a 5,000 population and it's the largest land mass County. And so I grew up in school with, um, I think my class had 15 people and one of them was my brother. And (laughs) so, you know, it's, it's just something where this part of California is, it's so incredible. The only reason I haven't left besides my family, three hours, um, um, West and I'll be at the ocean. I can go three hours East. I'll be at Lake Tahoe. Um, and then you have, um, you can be up, um, two hours and you can be on the mountain skiing and then you can go down. It's about, yeah. And it's about eight hours drive and you'll be at a warm ocean. Nice. Like down by LA sunset beach, I think. So you have everything here. It's just that we are overran with ridiculous laws. So the biggest thing is to be very aware of them. Our law book um, for concealed carries about like this for firearms. So because I teach it, I teach it multiple times a month. I am really aware of them. And trust me about once a week, I say, we just need to move. So, but we don't, um, I'm a brand ambassador for Ruger and they make incredible semi-automatics that I cannot get in our state. And it just crushes my soul. So I'll go and I'll test them out and I'll go shoot. And I did a training class and we had the max nine and I was teaching women and, um, I got to shoot the gun and, um, train with it for a full weekend twice, um, this fall. And I was just like, I I just, I want to take it home, but I can't. So it's one of those laws where, you know, we only have certain guns that they'll allow in and we just work around it the best we can. And we fight back. So I join organizations like, um, NRA life member, CRPA, um, California rifle and pistol association. And I work within them as a, um, volunteer to the best of my ability with two kids and multiple businesses and just try and, uh, help where I can to see if we can fight back and get our state back worked really hard. We just had a race and, you know, you just do as much as you can. Yeah. 
So how did you get into um, teaching gun classes and safety and, and all of that? How did that kind of form into the picture? So I'm have always loved to help. And of course, I'm always learning, right? I'm always a work in progress. Every time I would go on hunts, I would um, learn from that outfitter. I was literally in Rhino land and Felicia knows this story. And I would sit at, they had this little bar at night. So after dinner, we'd all go in there and we'd have a cocktail and I would open up the books until I could name all 42 species by looking at them and pointing at them, um, that they had on their 30,000 acres. I went through and I learned, and then I was like, okay, so what does this mean? And how do you do this? And then, so it's always been a passion of mine to learn, to do more and be better. So I did that with our hunting, you know, and with our hunting gear, the TV show, and you're still evolving and I'm still learning, but then, um, we started wanting to build concealed carry wear and range wear. And uh, let's be honest, like, yeah, I, I concealed carried and I had pistols, but I wasn't great with it. I was the girl who slept with her shotgun by her bed. And that's just, that's how I was raised shotguns and rifles. And I was like, I'm a shotgun rifle girl. I don't need to know. No, you do need to know because you need to be able to carry and protect yourself. So, um, five years ago, I, um, decided to go through a training course. Um, I went to gun site, um, with, um, armed women of America and I became a basic pistol instructor. Um, I now am a multidisciplined instructor. also, um, CCW USC, USCCA and, um, uh, RSO just all, all of the things. And I have my own small side business that happened during COVID because everybody wanted to, can still carry. Everybody wanted to get gun training. And so many people, they think it's just go out, buy a gun and you are okay. But most people are so intimidated by firearms that as soon as they start handling it, they start getting nervous. They start yanking their shots, all the things. And so it was a really cool opportunity for me to, um, I guess, do something on the side because I wasn't traveling anymore and because the COVID had shut everything down. So I had kind of extra time. And of course, I don't know how to sit still. And so one of my really good friends, um, I became that trainer and did all that training just to help me with clothing. Well, he got a hold of me and he's like, Hey, it's blowing up right now. Do you do some shooting in Tehama County? And so I had a friend's private land. So I started opening classes. My first class had 30 people in it. And I'm like, and it was a full weekend. It was a, like a handgun fundamental class. And then it was a CCW class. He taught the CCW because I didn't know anything about the laws and trust me, it's crazy here. <laughs> so I do now. So, um, Northern firearms instruction, um, is the company and, um, I am an independent contractor under it. And once I started, I thought, well, when, you know, when it slows down, I'll just quit doing it while I'm passionate about it. It's amazing how many women are completely uncomfortable. They have gone to, and not all men are like this, because I know some very good instructors that are male, but they've gone to a man who hands them a 40 or a 45 and just says, okay, shoot it. And I mean, they're teacupping. They don't know how to do their trigger press. There's so many things that come with the fundamentals of um, firearms and nobody's taught them that nobody's taught them about eye dominance you know, I'm a cross dominant and what that means to their shooting and what they can do to fix it. And so I just became very passionate about these women and being able to help them. Cause I have women who 
will show up just, let's say a private lesson. I, I had a girl recently, I just posted a picture and she's like, I couldn't qualify. They let me shoot three times. And then they told me I had to go qualify with someone else. I've heard that you do really well by the time that she, um, left after two hours, she had shot the center out of her target like this. And I was like, there was nothing wrong with you. Nobody had taught you those skills and it's really simple. And it's just walking through those skills, teaching them, and then them applying them at home with dry fire. And so that's just, it's become a passion of mine. And, um, I love seeing the progress started with kids and I still teach kids. I still, um, help, um, with a nonprofit kids outdoor sports camp. And then, um, I would love to do more. That's how I became involved with women of the wild. Felicia actually was one of our entries into our giveaway and she won it. And her and I started talking, um, and I just had a baby. So I was like all over the place and we started talking and I'm like, wait, what is your company? And I'm like, oh, I follow that on Facebook, but I didn't know anything about it because I'm too busy. And so we spent probably an hour and a half on the phone <laughs> and it was, it was just such a cool, I'm like, this is such a cool organization. I want to know more. How do I help? How do I help you guys? Because getting women involved and teaching them those skills is, it's just so rewarding. And I just think that, you know, it's something that we need to pass on because so many women don't have the opportunity. Absolutely. I remember that conversation and it, it was hectic on both of our ends. Our kids were all over the place and you kept apologizing. I'm like, no, I get it. And you're like, well, thank goodness. But I remember us talking about it, that like faith has a way of finding you and everything happens for a reason. And it's like working with you has been a blessing, you know, winning that giveaway through you guys and going to Africa through girls with guns and you guys have your own mountain there, GWG mountain in South Africa, like learning so much more. And I've been wearing GWG for years. I mean, I was wearing it before you were at camel line. Um, so just having that support behind you guys and how much you guys go above and beyond for women more than even just apparel, um, you know, the firearms training, the, the hunting, um, I know you guys with GWG, you guys do little outings for girls and things like that. So just that support process to women and providing those opportunities, it really aligns with what we do here in Women of the Wild. And it's it's an absolute blessing to have that support from other women with that same goal and passion. Yeah. And honestly, it's you guys are providing opportunities. And, you know, we try to do obviously we make clothing, but my little side stuff all is helping with kids and with women also. So it's not just what we do, but, you know, providing tips, helping women to know, you know, whether it's an educational mailer, one of our number one goals is education, which let's be honest, I was pregnant and had a baby. So it's, it hasn't been as great this year, but it'll come back. Um, but just, you know, people don't know who to ask. They don't, I constantly hear somebody emails support. Um, and it, it comes to me like not me initially, but my employee will send it to me and she'll be like, Hey, you know, Jen, you're the person. So I will answer that person directly. Hey, this is what you should do um, with hunting or, oh, okay. You have questions about your gear. All right. So what are you hunting? Okay. Yeah. I think that gear would work for you or no, really you should try this. And this is why sometimes I'll be like, can you just give me your cell phone number? And I'll call them. They're like, are you really calling me? And I'm like, yes, because I want our gear to work. Um, 
And you know what? We don't know at all. We're still learning. So we're constantly evolving with our gear, which is why we have a team of 36 um, women who are on our team and they are awesome. So they give me feedback throughout the year. And of course it takes almost two full years to implement any change. So if somebody tells me something right now today, it will not implement until 2024. So unless we've already, because we're right now, we're designing 2024 or sometimes, you know, it might be four years because some of our lines will sit as they are, um, you know, because we can't make those changes yet because this line is ordered by a store. So it's cool. It's, it's really cool that we have that opportunity and we're able to do those changes um, as often as we can. And we, we listen to our customers. Do you want to talk about the new Artemis line that's coming, that's now out? Yes. Yes. I'm so excited about it. Um, we have been working really hard to just kind of implement some small changes. I really feel like when we first came out in 2013 with our hunting line, everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's so great. But there were so many tweaks and changes. And what we ended up doing was hunting all over the world in different conditions and we found different things that we needed. Now, I don't think that any one set of hunting gear is ever going to be the set that's going to be forever, right? You can't hunt in it all the time. But I will say that I feel like with Artemis, it goes a long ways. So you have um, our, our lightweight version of our pant, which is our Aorki. And one of the things I can say is that the pants fit phenomenally. Um, I used to wear, <laughs> I used to wear little boys, Walmart. And, um, then I wore, um, a brand that was, um, actually I wore under armor when, I, before we ever had a hunting brand. And I just remember always feeling like it wasn't made for me. It didn't hug my body. I'm not saying that I need, um, skin tight clothes, but I want it to move with me. Um, so throughout the years with those changes, some of the things that we did was adding on length. So we have an adjustable inseam that's been there since 2013. And um, our adjustable inseam will go all the way up to my height, which is uh, my legs are 27 inches <laughs> and all the way out to a 35 inch inseam. So we have women who are 5'11", six foot tall who can wear our pants. And that's all of our pants straight across the board. Um, adjustable waistband, again, since 2013, been doing that. I wore my hunting pants all the way up until I was about six months pregnant. And then it was like, yeah, that's, I mean, I could probably do like the belly, <laughs> the uh, rubber band then, but the cool part was, was that I was able to wear them that long and my carbines, which are our lightweight version, but there are range pants. Cause I was, I taught up until 24 weeks, um, at the range and it's same thing. All of a sudden one week, I remember going to put them on and I was like, Hmm, time to switch to leggings. <laughs> so, but I love the adjustability. We are women and our bodies are different. So I wear a medium in our pants and I carry my weight, um, in the middle for whatever reason, ever since 40 and two kids at 40, um, that's where I carry my weight, but I'm very fit on my, my legs and my butt. Well, Narissa has a thin waist, a little bit of a booty and then her legs, she wears a medium, but they don't fit her the way they fit me. So having the adjustments and being able to have the stretch in the material that we have, then I have one of our models who also wears a medium 
and completely different shape than both of us with a really teeny waist. And so we are all shaped completely different and we all wear the same pant size. But a lot of times you can't do that because you don't have the right materials. And so it took us a while, um, uh, you know, and we're still perfecting. We will never stop perfecting. It took us a while to really get that. Um, we had a size gap that was missing in our plus sizes. So it was our XXL. So we went straight to 1X and 2X. And um, the way, I won't bore you guys, but the way the grading is, if you don't have an XXL, you go straight to this like um, 10 inch uh, increase from an XL to a one X, we were missing an entire gap. And the way I found that out was by going to armed women of America. And I had, you talk about having 400 women who are trying on your pants and they will tell you exactly what they think. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, we're missing this size. I mean, I was measuring people and Hey, this isn't right for my calves because I can't wear an XL, but I can't wear a one X because they were hanging off me. So learning about that, sorry, I know I'm getting off subject off of the Artemis, but it's really cool. And I mean, I geek out on it. Um, but one of the things that we've really focused on too is the high pile fleece. So it keeps you warm. Now it'll move with your body. Um, it is windproof because of the backing that is provided. And um, it's definitely something that is, I wish I could show you guys a picture, but um, it's definitely something that I love it because it's a performance piece. We are out in the field. And I feel like we're athletes. And so our gear should move with us. It shouldn't hinder us. I don't know about you guys, but I had like that old cotton gear where you'd like move and it'd be like, you know, <laughs> so we didn't want that. We wanted a performance piece. Then, um, what we did this time was we, <clears throat> we have a layering system. So you'll start with our short sleeve. We do not have base layers. I would love to have base layers, but there are a lot of people who do base layers much better than me. That's what they do. And I'm not going to sell enough base layers to get the price point down enough. So people always go, why don't you do base layers? Because it doesn't make sense financially. It's not a core part of our business. You can go out and buy a merino wool base layer from somebody who that's all they do. And they're going to be cheaper than what I can do. So you can start with the base layer if you want. But for our system, it's going to be, um, I layer it with our Artemis short sleeve. It's a performance piece. It has a bird's eye mesh. So it is moisture wicking. It is antimicrobial. And what you do is that's going to be your, your lightweight piece. That's going to be next to skin. If you're like mid season hunting. And then we have our Artemis long sleeve that you, um, has a lot, it's a lot thicker and warmer and has some nice thumb holes in it to just kind of keep you warm. I don't like to wear gloves when I hunt, unless I'm really cold because I like to be able to have my trigger finger handy. And, um, it has the, um, the net gator that's built in so you can bring it up and keep yourself warm. Then you'll wear our vest and the vest has that stretch material as well, and it'll move with you. So it has a high pile fleece in it. Um, and again, like it has all the pockets and all the right things and it looks good on the thing I like about our gear is that you don't just wear it to hunt. I mean, I have two sets because I'm really weird about the smells, but, um, you know, I wear, I wear my vest all the time and I wear my jacket all the time out. Just I'm heading to town. I throw on a camo jacket. It's fashionable. It looks good. And, um, we did color blocking too, because you know, they don't see the color. So we thought it would be really cool just to have the, the color blocking in it. And it looks nice. 
Um, then you're going to have your jacket, which it has the underarm ventilation, it stretches, it moves with you. So here's your layering piece for the top of your body. And then you can just take these pieces off. So here we'll start out when I'm up, um, in X one hunting with my dads, I'll start out. It'll be 32 in the morning, which I know isn't cold where you guys are at, <laughs> but like here I'm like in, you know, that like usually October, it might be a little bit cooler. It gets down to like negative 10 but not this, not when we're deer hunting. So, you know, we'll get down there. And then by the time I'm out hiking and moving around by mid morning, it can be 80 degrees in October. So I've stripped all the way down to my short sleeve. So it's definitely a spot and stock gear. Now on the bottom, we have the Artemis, which has the fleece layer when improve, um, and it still has that stretch, or we have the Aorki, which is the, um, lightweight version, which doesn't have the fleece, um, behind it. So you really have both options. They all have the same features and, um, the adjustable waistband, the inseams, and all of that ponytail beanie to pop it off. And then we have our other gear, which is heavier, which has been around for a little bit. Yeah. Your guys' gear, um, especially this newer line. So I know like I have, um, some of it and that fleece lining to it is the softest I've ever felt on any gear. I remember calling you the day I got it and I was completely mind blown, but even just the fabric, the feel it's quiet. Um, I've, it's very, very nice to see how much thought and effort is put into a woman's body, the shape of it and the movement in the field. And like you said, it's not about it being skin tight. It's about it being comfortable on you, not baggy. Um, as a bow hunter, nothing crazy than a loose sleeve when I'm trying to shoot my bow. And you guys have really nailed that on the head with this gear. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, it doesn't matter who you are as women, I feel like we still want to look good. I mean, I don't go out and go, Oh, I'm going to pick the ugliest pants I can find. So it's like, when I say that it is, it's just, I want it to look good on me. I, I felt like clothes were like this straight leg that would just hang on me and I'm five foot tall. So you give me a straight leg and I look like I'm about this wide. So it was really, that's what we really wanted. Was it just to look good, but perform also. So I think both features it's important. It's important to me at least. Um, but we actually do go out and field test it. And I will tell you the Artemis pants, I can't wear them. I'm sweaty. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're so warm. Narissa says they're like a pajama pants. She only mm -hmm. wears those. Um, uh, but I'm an Aorki girl all the way, which is our, our lightweight version, but it's just because I'm always warm. So we, you know, kind of try to make it for every temperature. So, and then if you want a, um, solid version that goes with our color blocking, then you order the carbine pant. So it, it, it's really just trying to make it, you can't fill all gaps. You know, we do try really hard. We try to be the brand that women can come to that is, um, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, um, range wear, concealed carry, hunting, and multiple different types of hunting. Um, but you know, we're not going to, everybody's not going to be like, oh my gosh, this is the best. But for us and our purposes and the types of hunting we've done, we've done our best. And I, I really am proud of what Nurse and I have done and how we've built this from a garage to where it's at. And we just want to continue to grow it and just kind of try and figure out what's next. Yeah. And you guys, um, I know that you were talking about some of the gear, you guys have like your downpour gear for the rain. And then you also have your summit set 
um, that I think it's, it's one of those things that a lot of girls don't understand that are out there. And those like thicker layers for those really cold temps, you guys have those as well. Um, that summit bib set is, is pretty neat. And especially with the cold weather coming up, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So our summit gears actually just launched in Canada and, um, it is a really great gear. And, um, basically what ended up happening was I was sitting in a deer stand. So I'm a spot and stop girl, you know, mule deer, black tail. I did, um, a lot of hunting over in Africa. So I went out to Kansas, um, with one of my friends and she was like, she's an outfitter and she was diehard, loved our gear. And she's like, yeah, I don't wear your gear late seasons. Don't be offended. And I'm like, oh, I won't be offended. I'm like, but why don't you wear it? Um, we had a puff jacket at the time, the Kalima and, um, she's like, oh, it's not warm enough. And I'm like, I'll be fine. Negative six degrees walked in, we hiked in, I'm sweating and we get into the blind and I'm not a whitetail hunter. Right. So this was my first, you know, kind of going in on a whitetail hunt and within 15 minutes, I'm shivering. And I'm like, I'm never, I am the warmest blooded girl that I know. And she's like, don't worry. She's like, I got a heater, <laughs> but it didn't matter. I was so cold. It was awful. And I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm like, tell me what you need. Talk to me. So we sat there in that deer blind and we built the summit line and I went out to pee. And here I have like three layers on the next day because I'm like, give me, give me something else because I'm freezing. And you know what? I mean, I can admit that it's like, Hey, we didn't know because if, if I haven't hunted it, I'm not just going to make it up. So we went out, I go to pee and it was like trying to get off all these clothes. My butt is freezing. <laughs> and so we did the built-in flap. And, um, so that flap was just, I mean, it was like kind of a funny and a joke for a couple years, but I think, and I know a lot of people do it now, but it was just one of those things you hadn't really seen up to this point. And, um, I'm trying to think, oh, then the jacket, same thing. It was like, so everybody was like, we need lots of pockets and we need this, but the biggest thing was getting it to the right temperature. So like getting a lot of thin slate and really building it, um, to keep your core warm. Uh, we have a beanie that goes with it and we had gloves, but they are sold out right now. And, um, just launching it in Canada has been really good because here in California, you don't really need that gear because you don't sit if you are your spot and stock, um, so you're walking or you're in a truck, I mean, when you're glassing, you'll sit there for a little while, but it's not, it's not the same as sitting for eight hours a day in a blind. So it's definitely, I learned, but the opportunities that we've had traveling around and hunting, that's what helps build the line. I'm doing a lot of upland hunting, um, throughout the U S did a little bit in South Africa. So you just, you learn and it doesn't mean it's always perfect, but I'm like, okay, so next time we'll do it this way. And you just continue to evolve it. I think that's great that you're able to, to admit what you were missing. And then, you know, like, like, because there's always those people out there who are like, oh no, I, I know it all. And I, and I love that you say that you don't, you know, like, like, I know that I'm missing this, but I love the fact that you're like, okay. I missed the ball on this, but now how do I fix that? How do I correct that? How do I make sure that what we're providing is absolutely the best thing for our customers? And I think that's huge, you know? Um, and I love the fact that like, 
you, especially whenever you were saying about the size, you know, you were missing that size. Like it's, this may not be something that I think about because I don't fit in that size, but we need to make sure that every woman here feels absolutely comfortable, no matter what size you are, what shape you are, you know, um, I, I love that. I think that is fantastic. And I love hearing that from a company owner that truly not as just passionate about, you know, hunting and, and whatnot, but truly providing the best service for their customers. And you yeah. can tell in your voice that, you know, and I, and I love that because I can, I can really tell that, you know, if you missed it, you care that you missed it. Yeah. Like that means something to you. And that's fantastic. That's fantastic to know that the company owner actually gives a crap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and we do. And, you know, here's the thing. We are still a small business. And so I can say like with that uh, base layer, I wanted to do base layers, but we have a certain amount of dollars to invest every year based on return and what sells. And most customers, they don't, they don't see that or think that way, of course. And so for us, it's like, let's do what makes sense. And what we're really at is our midweight gear. Artemis is some of the best. And, you know, we tweak it and change it every um, about every other year. It just depends on, you know, our big box change and what they're looking for. If it's still selling really well, why, why change it? You know, I mean, it was really hard for us to move away and make changes, but I wanted to change up our camo and do a new camo and, um, make a few changes to the pants and the jacket. And you will honestly, if I'm being really honest, you'll, you'll see people and it'll be like, Hmm, that looks identical to our jacket that we have had since for five years, you know, and it's, they say it's the best form of flattery, but I, I see it a lot with our original Artemis jacket, which is why we did change it this year. And, you know, it's one of those things where it happens, it, it happens in every single industry that you see. And so there's things where we're just like, okay, we're just, we're here, we're small and we're just still rocking it out. And, um, I shouldn't say we're, we're not small, like we used to be. I mean, we're in tons of 55 sportsman's warehouse, all the shields, rural King, but you know, we're not this huge, big business. Um, women is like 5% of, um, the outdoor apparel industry. It's 5% for hunting. And so of that 5%, imagine how many different brands that we have within that space. And that's why we've really just focused on just being a woman's brand, but I want to be the one-stop shop. I want them to get everything that they need here from us. Uh, it's important. And that's why I go out and train and I try to become who that is. And it became so important to me. And then I found another passion because I need another passion. Like I need another hole in my head. Um, but it's training, training women and people with, um, concealed carry because defending yourself is so important, but the gear that goes with it, that's really, that's really part of it. So, um, we normally try to keep these to an hour and I, we're all busy women. So, um, we're going to wrap this up, but is, I'm going to ask you a tough question here right before we leave. What can we look forward to seeing from Girls from Guns? Can we get any like little sneak peeks? You know, you said you're you're two two years out on things. So can we get any uh this is gonna come or you may see this or you know, something that, so, that we can put out there? 
Some of the things that we are working on right now is new rain gear. Um, it's actually going to be more of like a packable lightweight type of rain gear requests. We always take requests. So we look at everything. We're really going to be digging into the everyday lifestyle with concealed casual. And uh, I've got some cool stuff coming there, um, that I don't think you guys will want to miss. Um, I think that's one going to be one of our biggest growths is in concealed casual because it's everyday wear. And, um, we have tried all of the different, um, hunting and I really feel we, we do really well with our upland. Well, I hear, get a ton of requests for waterfowl, but I'll tell you mm -hmm. what, it's a tough space to be in. So we probably won't go in that direction quite yet, even though I love it. Um, I'd love, I know I'm going to be picking Linda's brain soon because I want to know more about trapping. Um, I'm coming out to see you. I don't know when, but we're doing this. So mm -hmm. I told, um, I told Linda, see if I can find it. My great grandfather was a government trapper and he wrote this book. So it's fur harvesting and predator control. And um, my grandpa has his trap that hangs above his wall that was above his mantle. And, his, and it was like, I can't even remember the number, um, but how many coyotes he trapped. And so I've always had this little thing in the back of my mind that I want to learn how to trap, but I need time before I can get into one more thing. So who knows, maybe we'll will um, help you guys with something with that. So I know that's a passion of yours, Linda. Yeah. So we just love doing anything. And I love requests. I love when women write us and say, Hey, we, I would love to see this. And um, I think that's how we really grow is by doing the next thing and listening to our customers. Um, we can't always, we can't take every single request. Like I said, base layers are highly requested. I'm, I'm never going to do them. I'd love to, but I just can't. And so, but we listen and, um, feedback is always huge. Well, um, remember that you, that you said that because I have had a ton of ideas that I have always wanted for women in trapping so you may get this email where it's like, if you printed it 42 pages long of request, <laughs> Perfect. Um, hey, I need this and I need that and I need it to be like this. And you may have this, this, like I said, you know, 42 page long email of like, oh, oh, I did ask. <laughs> so. so cool. It's so fun. And, you know, that's why I love our team members because we get feedback from them. Like, and I'm, I literally tell them, tell me. I want to know. Um, and there's things where I'll put on something and it, you know, it went to the factory and it didn't come back exactly like our prototype. And I'm highly disappointed. And then the next person I'll be like, well, I didn't like it because, because I'm probably one of the hardest on our stuff. And they're like, I didn't even notice that. Like, it's not a big deal. So everybody's going to think differently, but I think that's where we, we hit growth, right. By, um, just learning and getting out there and listening to other people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I am. And I love what you guys are doing. I'm so excited about everything with what, with you guys. Well, thank you. We, you know, having a group of women that all share the same passion, it's super easy to support each other and bond together, uh, building that sisterhood and having that support, we talk about that all the time is when you find a group of women that all have that same mission, it's almost like you bond like your sisters. And it's, that's what this industry needs is women who support other women and not be in competition. I know we've had that conversation when we were talking about camo lines and you're like, 
I know that mine doesn't work for everything, but when you do wear it, it's going to work. And that, you know, me being a waterfowl hunter, you were like, we used to have waterfowl, probably won't go down that avenue again. And like, I get it because there are, there's certain things, but when you find your niche and you, you provide the best you can in that avenue, that's the important piece that you're not shorting it somewhere else just so you're producing mass products across the board to, to reach everything. It's okay to say like, this works for this and it's okay if it doesn't work for this that you know like with the base layers these people have the ability to produce base layers at high quality but we're producing your your lightweight your midweight and your heavyweight and your rain gear and all of these other things and that's it's okay sometimes to like let that support happen in other areas that are able to um you know, focus on that demand of something and make it right. Because it, it is, I mean, I, like I said, wearing the gear, how you were saying with the layers, I've never really thought of doing that. Typically, like you wake up here in the morning, it's cold, it's cold all day. Well, going to Africa, you warned me and I had to, I mean, I had shorts, I had pants, I had, you know, the thicker Artemis pants on, jackets, vests, like, and you just start stripping layers. And I have never had to hunt like that. So you are really honest, um, about how to do things that education and sharing your knowledge with other people is something I really admire too, is just making sure that these girls are comfortable and that you're providing your best ability to make sure that they're comfortable in the field. Yeah. And and that's all we can do is just like help and support each other. And it, it's great for me too, because I love it. And I, it makes me feel good to be a part of building women. And, you know, I've been with women who shot their first deer kids who shot their first deer. I mean, just lots of really cool things. And, um, I just want to continue doing that. Taking a couple people to Africa for the first time. I wish I could have gone with you, but I had a six week old, so <laughs> I wasn't. Time. Yep. Absolutely. Well, well, thank um, you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we're going to cut it off there unless you have anything else you want to add real quick. Um, I appreciate you being on and taking the time. And um, I I would also like to say, you know, um, Girls for Guns has sponsored Women of the Wild through the podcast, through the cookbooks, um, the calendar. And we really appreciate all the support that you have given us. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate you ladies too. And it's been great chatting with you. Yep. Have a great night, Jen. Thank you so much. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Jen. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.